0: Welcome to T3. Today, tomorrow's technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron.
1: Good morning and welcome, everybody. This is your host, Jose Negron, on Voice America on the Variety Channel, hosting the lead technology show today, tomorrow's technologies or T3. I'd like to remind the audience why we started T3 and that is to enable our scientists, our engineers and our innovators to establish a daily dialogue and make sure the non-techies are familiar with the technology that we're talking about. But first of all, today's technology and discussion is gonna be about disruptive technology. What is it? How do we use it? Why does it happen? and why some of the technology succeeds and others fail. Uh, For example, uh, you know, in the business world, if you develop a new technology, you develop markets for that technology, and you just do sequential innovation, that's not what I call uh, disruptive technology. To me, disruptive technology is to displace the established technology and shake out the landscape that is currently there. It's gotta be groundbreaking. Last week, we had a good fortune to talk about the driverless cars, and you can think about the driverless cars in two ways. One, the taxi industry is being shaken up by Uber, as one example, and also the personal automobile with the various manufacturing. So last week, we had a great show, and if you need to uh, listen to that show, please go to Voice of America, the Variety Channel, look up Jose Negron, and you will find that uh, show and you can replay that uh, broadcast. We had three great guests and today we have another fantastic guest, uh, Mr. Uh, Brad Chase. Uh, Brad is a scientist, uh, he's an innovator, he's uh, knowledge in autometry, neurology, head trauma, neuropsychology and various neurovisual processing and therapeutic interventions. Mr. Brad Chase, I've known for the last, I'm going to say, eight to ten years, and we have worked together in trying to move the Nucroma, uh vision or chroma science ahead. So I'm going to let Brad explain what he, his invention is, and I consider this invention a very disruptive technology once we get it out to the marketplace. Uh, Brad, over to you. What is Necroma? What are the Necromatic lenses? When I
2: answer this, I'm going to be answering that with a professional and professional stories and pursuit intertwined. What I have invented is a particular kind of lens that alters the energy of light that is worn much like a slight tinted lens that literally changes the entire brain. What happens with this lens is that it changes the way the retina in about 800 million different ways responds to light energy. By doing that, I change blood flow in the brain. I change brain chemistry. I change the way thought occurs. I change the way vision occurs and its efficiency. I change migraines and seizures, I stop those in a matter of seconds. Uh, right now we're experimenting in managing uh, diabetic sugar, blood sugar levels in some late-stage diabetic patients. It, uh, the science of understanding that the retina is relatively new, and I'm one of the grandfathers in understanding it, Essentially, what the retina is, is brain tissue not covered by bone, which means that the only direct access to the brain is through light. And by working over the last 25 years with multiple different doctors leading that research and development in about 10,000 patients, uh, I can confidently say that we can uh, manipulate light such that Uh, For the average person who looks through the lens, they first see things more clear and crisp, much like the eagle eyes you'll see on television, except this is for all vision. They see better at night.
1: Just to give the audience a perspective, we're talking about uh, uh, some form of eyeglasses with the lenses being uh, uh, improved uh, in your scientific uh, invention. Is that what we're talking about?
2: Yes, Jose. Thanks for the clarity. What I'm able to do is take a plastic lens and manipulate that lens, change its structure at the molecular level inside the lens itself. And that's for patients who would normally have a nearsight or farsight, astigmatism, who wear glasses. And then we use a non-prescriptive lens for those patients who don't wear glasses normally. So I, that's, that's what the invention basically is. It's a way to manipulate at the molecular level. Um, and the lens looks like, when you wear it, just a slightly tinted pair of lenses.
1: And what is the difference between your tinted lenses and, let's say, uh, the color lenses? Because that will come out several times.
2: Oh, that's that's real easy. When you tint a lens, they simply take a bunch of colors, mix the color, and dip the lens into uh, a solution. And it has, a, has a, a tint, a color to it that's that's specific throughout the entire interior of the lens. The neurochromatic lens has molecular changes in the structure of the lens and it does though I do use some tints. I'll work inside the visible spectrum and outside the visible spectrum and it's done sequentially in a particular way that literally changes the way that lens looks. So, for example, if I have a, well, the layman would look at two blue lenses. One is a tinted lens. They would look the same, and they would respond the same in a spectrograph, meaning what color is there. But the therapeutic effect has to do with the way the lens is actually changed in the interior of the plastic, which is what I do uniquely and where the patents apply.
1: Yes, and that's what excites me about your new product and new invention is the therapeutic uh, aspect of that because as you mentioned it earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, the migraine headaches, the ability to change that or reduce it or eliminate it totally is important. How many beta tests have you done and what can you give me some examples of some of the recent uh, successes from uh, various patients?
2: In the development of the lens, it took a- approximately 10,000 patients and five doctors plus myself to actually come to a lens that we felt comfortable to put out on the public market. The type of patients that we deal with and the type of stories are, are the ones that are most easily documented. Our migraines, if a patient is experiencing a migraine, I stop that migraine in less than 30 seconds and reverse all negative symptoms such as nausea, sensitivity, vertigo completely with the lens. Secondly, when we prescribe the lens, all of our patients to date have, have ceased to have their migraines ever without medication which is revolutionary since in the pharmaceutical industry the main money poll in many companies has to do with medication treating migraines um, and that makes it very disruptive <laughs> and, but it also makes it a lot of fun because patients no longer are plagued with those horrific pharmaceutical bills uh, in migraines, about one in 16 patients who have migraines end up in the emergency room to get medications for the extreme pain and discomfort, and my lens is stop it. To date, with approximately 4,000 patients, we have not had a single patient have a migraine wearing the lens, or when they have a migraine, by putting the lens on, not stop the migraine.
1: So let's talk about, okay, so you've been able to stop the migraine. How about the clarity, the ability to see uh, the word or several words? How how does that lens improve that, uh, uh, the patient's reading capacity?
2: Well, let's, let's start with two different types of folks, those folks that have visual learning difficulties or dyslexia and a normal patient. A normal patient means that they don't have anything that they know of. They're out here functioning. I have a close friend who's a neurologist who reads exceedingly well. When I put him in the lens, his visual clarity—everything that he sees becomes more crisp, crisp and clean and clear. He is able to change the lines on the eye chart. How much he sees, the amount that he sees at one time. For example, he can, when he's trying to read or when he is reading. On a page, he sees about the size of three-and-a-half, maybe four inches. When I put him in the lens, he sees the whole page at once. For him, that has more than quadrupled his reading speed and equally his comprehension. So as a physician reading journals, having the lens is tremendously important. Um, For the learning disabled person, the typical dyslexic, you can have everything from the extreme as I was, which means you cannot differentiate words or they move or they disappear, all sorts of strange phenomena, put them in the lens and every one of those strange phenomena immediately stop and patients go from a non-reader to a reader in approximately 20 minutes, which means that's the time it takes to fit the lens. So it has been an incredible experience uh, because there is no excuse for a person to have and to live with dyslexia of the visual kind anymore. Peculiarly attached to that, many visual dyslexics have auditory. They can't hear the way, they don't hear phonetics quite like the normal person, and they're not encoding them into the brain. So the lenses when worn change not only vision, but as surprised, they changed the auditory perception as well.
1: Well, that's beautiful. Because we're
2: changing the so. neurology.
1: Right. So, basically, we have the uh, neurochromatic lens provides the patients with uh, no headaches, uh, uh, less eye strain, uh, a more clear focus, so the colors are brighter. Uh, There's the the visual error is eliminated, so he's able to read, as you said, two or three words and possibly a page. And my my guess is the night vision is also improved uh, by those, uh, um, um, I'm going to call it lenses, Let me ask you this just for our audience. Uh, How did you get started and what's the history uh, behind you developing the Neurochromatic Lens?
2: When I left college, I was considered what was called a functional illiterate. What that meant was I was able to read at the third grade reading level and I could only read off to the side because everything I looked at straight on was moving. It had flashing lights. Uh... I was diagnosed as having a seizure disorder and was on various medications to control that. It, all the medications did is put me to sleep and make me a happy camper. It did not change my reading. I was working at that time with a neurosurgeon who had similar difficulties, and we were asked to experiment with Dow Corning Corporation with some types of lenses that they wanted to introduce with patients who had a brain trauma or had brain surgery because, or or an automobile accident. Most of those patients come out of that experience having extreme sensitivity to light, such that many of those patients would have seizures. So we agreed to take those those lenses and Dr. Stevenson and I both looked through those because each of us had our own issues and our vision changed dramatically. So we understood that light had something to do with neurological functioning of a serious kind. Several I years Just, later, I, I was asked to be a program manager for a hospital specializing in brain trauma, and again, I was exposed to those kinds of lenses.
1: How many years Last ago was that, ex- How many years ago was that? Was that was
2: over 25 years ago. The, my initial exposure actually yeah. goes back to
1: 1965. So you've been developing this tech. Exposed. Right. So you've been developing this technology for over 25 years. You believe it is credible today, and based on the 10,000 beta tests, it's been very successful, is my understanding.
2: That is correct, because when you're working with new medical technology and technology such that I think one of the main characteristics of the lens for the average person out here is that we increase the temperature, the interior temperature of the brain between one and three degrees in the frontal lobe, which is where all the thinking occurs. So it's kind of like turning on the computer for the brain because patients report and learning models have proven that this lens improves a person's ability to learn dramatically. Let me give an example on that. We took 14 students in an elementary school, all of whom were working at least two grades levels below in all of their academics by standard testing, all of them had had examination by optometrists, some had neurologists, all educational psychologists, all were on what's called an IEP, which is an independent study in graph for where they were academically. Those 14 students we put in the lenses, which was the only variable that we introduced to the, these kids we had to stop the experiment we had to test early normally you would test every quarter at school but these kids were progressing so dramatically that we retested them six weeks after receiving them those lenses every student advanced two years academically in that six weeks which means if they were working at the second grade level they were now working at the fourth grade level in a, in a post-test sixth grade level eighth grade level, which is awesomely exciting because what that means is that learning is more of a medical issue than it is a tutorial or a remedial or uh, special education services. And the cost to do that per child was under $200.
1: Well, that sounds fantastic, uh, Brad. Uh, For today's audience, if you want to get involved in questions and answers, uh, please call uh, our number at 866-472-5788 or email me at Today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Uh, this way, we can exchange uh, uh, questions and answers. I'm sure Brad will be up to the test. We've got a couple more minutes here before we go on our first break, uh, Brad. Uh, as as you mentioned, as you trailed off, the cost seems to be relative inexpensive. Well,
2: this is this is the. This is part of having disruptive technology that is hard for people to understand. First, they look like a simple pair of sunglasses you can get at Walmart. Uh, Number two, there's a lot of pop psychology that says you wear this tinted lens and you can see eagles a thousand miles away or you can read better or differently. And to a certain extent with some people, that is true. Uh, The actual cost is an eye examination with a doctor which varies across the United States, everything from 60 to $120, those doctors will typically prescribe a lens for nearsight, farsight, or astigmatism, and they may not prescribe a lens at all. They may just put in what's called a plano lens. So you, your initial cost is for the eye examination. The doctor who's trained in our technology then spends a, approximately another 15 or 20 minutes in the, in the eye examination room, runs you through a trial lens kit, which the examination is very similar, does this look better this way or look better that way, using these variety of sample lenses that the doctor has, and then we make a prescription based upon what the doctor determines. The lens cannot be described unless the patient actually has vision improvement. As measured in, in optometry or ophthalmology, they have, they automatically see more colors that they normally would not be able to see. There is a, an immediate relaxation of their vision. They don't have to have pain to have focus, uh, visual fatigue, and then that lens is sent off. Perfect. to one of our labs, and we, manu- we change the prescription, not the regular near-sight prescription or far-sight, but we change the interior structure of that lens on the way the plastic and the different chemicals that we impose and dyes that I impose right, right. in certain layers inside that lens. Okay, Brad. So the total and then- cost is usually under 500 at the
1: max. Okay, so we'll uh, carry on with our discussion with Mr. Brad Chase on the new chromatic lens and we'll get off to our first commercial.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency
0: listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show
1: Welcome, folks, for returning to disruptive technologies. What's how some technologies succeed today and others fail. Uh, today's uh, discussion is with Mr. Brad Chase. We are speaking about uh, necromatic lenses the ability of a lens to improve your vision, uh, to reduce migraine and improve for those out there having a hard time reading improve your reading level. And uh, as we took off to our first break, we're just getting started on the cost and and basically Brad had just uh, summarized that from the eye examination all the way to manufacturing and lenses, it's approximately $500. Uh, Brad uh, do you need to add anything else to those comments or, uh, or did I state that correctly?
2: Right, well $500 I live in California so California tends to be a little more expensive but uh, the lens is relatively very inexpensive in that whatever the doctor normally would add for a pair of eyeglasses, the cost for me to manufacture the lens and get it back to the patient is $175 above what the doctor normally would charge. So it's very, very inexpensive. Uh, each patient, What what is odd about this is we can we can actually determine one of 800 million different prescriptions per patient. Each patient's prescription is almost like a fingerprint. What we then do is we are able to take that prescription, and they are made by hand, but one of our technicians can make multiple lenses while at the same time having proper lab space and timing and different kinds of automatic uh, equipment available to them. So uh, each lens then is, is individual to the patient, which is exciting because that matches what we already know about science. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say is that just in, uh, for the average person who reads a computer is at a computer all day and they get that visual fatigue. There's no right. excuse for that. I can stop all that visual fatigue. A patient is 40 years old and has lost their ability to see at night or have it inhibited. Can't drive anymore when it's rainy or foggy. We give them the the eyesight of a teenager because we actually change the retinal health. We now I now can say that publicly. Um, I can can say that you know that what we understand about the retina being both the control panel and the motherboard to the brain is a symbolic way of understanding the significance of the discoveries. There are a whole new host of inquiries. For example, we're looking at, well, in fact, we know that we improved the immune system response by wearing the lenses. That was one of those frostings on the cake because our patients that are usually over 50 who are on a variety of different medications, uh, Uh, including immune-complicating prescriptions, have to have those prescriptions changed within weeks of wearing the
1: lens. Right, and And so one of the things, as I read your... um, uh, papers here uh, Brad and I tried to get out and reach out to the audience. Uh, just want to remind the audience uh, today we're talking about disruptive technology. I'm not talking about forming new business markets. I'm talking about changing the landscape and we're here today with Mr. Brad Chase. We're talking about the new neurochromatic lens and we just talked about how the lens uh, basically boosts your immune system. Uh, Therefore, reducing your current restrictive uh, medication costs, the ability to improve your uh, health and reduce your pain medication. And I think basically from a therapeutic perspective, Brad, the lens has become to normalize uh, your entire human um, uh, process, I guess, through the lens. Because as you reduce migraines, you're also changing temperature in the brain a little bit. Can you explain that to me? When
2: the lenses go on, what they do is they change the stimulation from the retina, the retina being part of the brain. They take light, convert that into a different electrical stimulation in simple words, not just to the optic nerve, but there are millions upon millions of cells that have a direct relationship to the brain. Even, even at the retinal level, there's like a fiber optic system where certain colors actually go to certain areas of the brain which are targeted for certain body functions. Um, and by changing the stimulation in the brain, which the brain then, its way of operating is immediately and by, almost at the speed of light change, brain chemicals are produced or suppressed Contingent upon the stimulation, I'm working. Right, I'm working with eight patients right now in late stage diabetes, where they are required to take insulin or increase their blood sugar, like with orange juice, because seemingly as the disease progresses, the ability to keep out of a blood sugar crisis becomes increasingly more difficult, and most of those patients will actually succumb their life to that late stage. What I do is when a patient knows they're going into a crisis, we test their blood sugar level as fast as we can. I've, we have made lenses that match their particular profile. They put the lens on, and in a matter of thirty to forty seconds, their blood sugars are stabilizing just slightly above normal, without the use of insulin and without the use uh, infusion of like orange juice to increase their blood sugar level. This is exciting because my wife, as a doctor of internal medicine, uh, internationally known, what her comment is and what the comment is with other physicians that I work with, this changes our understanding of what is diabetes. Is diabetes something to do with the pancreas? Most certainly. Is it something to do with brain chemicals that have something to do with the pancreas? That's a new discovery. The answer is unequivocally yes with the patients that we're working with. More research has to be done, but... It can be done. Can you what tell if? me? Also, can I want to go me? back to Colonel Negron the difference yes, between a tinted lens. A tinted lens makes everything darker, like a mild pair of sunglasses. With a neurochromatic lens, because If a patient responds negatively to a certain color or frequency of light, when I suppress that, I also increase other colors that they might necessarily need. That's why patients see more color in the lens. So the patient, when they put these lenses on, things get brighter. Right. They don't get darker. And it doesn't make any kind of sense other than, for me, the scientist who now knows how that works neurologically. But when I was first developing the lens, I thought my patients were quacked. You know, until I had a whole run of elderly patients who wanted to go play bingo at night at a Catholic church and they were all wearing my glasses so they can drive. And it was it okay. was a funny story but a true story. You're right. Uh-huh. Well, that's what I was
1: going to follow up is what or why accounts for this dynamic change in their uh, physiologically uh, improvement uh, as they move forward uh, by changing the color lens they're wearing or the type of lens they're wearing as they use the n- neurochromatic lens. Do you, do you understand the well, science enough what we now know that what- –
2: what we know right now is that by wearing the lens, we change the overall health of the retinal tissue itself. And that's been documented by doing different kinds of retinal scans, et cetera. So we're improving it, and by improving that, that has a direct effect on night vision. It has a direct effect on uh, macular degeneration, which one in four people over the age of 70 are going to be diagnosed as, as, as a, uh, if untreated, it will lead to blindness so we stopped those that's retinal health i want to go back to a, a particular story that that i like to mention that my son had a traumatic brain injury he was in a car accident that was only part of his problem he had in that he had what's called an implosion of his right eye meaning that his eye filled with blood and fluid tore the optic nerve and he was instantly blind He could see when he left the hospital a little bit of light, dark, and some movement. By putting him in the lenses, uh, within six weeks he had vision. Within six months he had complete repair of the optic nerve to the extent that there was no indication that there had ever been any kind of injury. All the blood and all the fluid inside his eye had dissipated and left. And he had better eyesight after the automobile accident than he did before. Wow, what a story. That is history.
1: Yeah, that's a story. That's a story. And I, I see, just reading through Dr. Martin's uh, beta test here, there are several other examples uh, that you can provide. You've already provided the example of the uh, 14 kids in school, how they improve its level. You've talked about your son and that dramatic uh, improvement of uh, his um, vision being improved in, in, in over six months. Uh, there are other cases. You talked about the migraines. Uh, are there other uh, symptoms or test beta cases out there that you can refer me to?
2: Well, I think that I want to stay, I, I have the sensationals, but I'd like to sort of stay mainstream, and, and I'll give one sensational, then I'll go back to mainstream, that I had a young woman that uh, was 22 years old and had seizures since birth, such that by age 22, they were going to sever her brain to manage the seizure because they were becoming increasingly life-threatening and certainly going to affect her her overall brain function. When she went to bed at night, she was strapped to the floor in a straitjacket with a football helmet because the seizures were so, so severe. I saw her. It took me approximately one-half hour. We prescribed and gave her the lens. And the limb stopped all seizure activity, such that she was no longer a candidate for for surgery. She now drives a car. She now works. She is now going to college. And when I saw her to change the prescription at the Epileptic Foundation in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, I was able to pronounce to her, you can now get pregnant. You can now have a child because the medications that she were on would have killed her child. So those are the kind of things that make me tick in the day. What I get excited about is just the average person out here. Some of my friends and colleagues that, you know, they they just presume that they read slow or they get tired at night, the TV gets fuzzy, um, driving after four or five hours on a car, or in some cases flying in an airplane. Right. vision. They feel like they're tired and fatigued. And I am able to stop and change that just for the average guy. And that's Perfect. exciting because uh-huh. what I believe is that, looking at the history of mankind, that the kind of light that we were receiving as a species thirty-five, one hundred and fifty thousand years ago, is very different kind of light, because of the atmospheric condition that we're receiving right now. So our eye is generally maladapted, and what I'm able to do then is to, with a pair of lenses, change that. Where we're going in research, this is another area that I'm extremely excited about. I work with a couple of colleagues down in Los Angeles, ophthalmologists, and it was recently uncovered or discovered that the lenses that we put into a person's eye when they have cataract surgery, which is standard practice, that lens actually inhibits the immune system. So the patient may function better with better vision, but their immune system, which means more colds, more sick stuff, and you get into an age bracket of 60s, 70s, 80s where these lenses are going into the patients, that makes them much more vulnerable to serious illnesses. We were in a discussion, or I was in a discussion with one of their colleagues, that we intend to actually make a new lens implant that right. increases the immune response. So by wearing Having that put into them at surgery and wearing that after having cataract, they're going to feel better, and that's, well, that's exciting. That's, you know? that's huge. I mean, Brad, grandma and grandpa a better, live yeah. longer, happier, less 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 issues in health, and yep. and the cost of that is, is incredible. Yep, the cost yep. savings if we can do something like that, and we can. I, well, uh, today we
1: can. today we're talking about disruptive technologies. There is no better technology from a disruptive perspective is the new chromatic lens. Uh, I would like to encourage my audience to send your questions to Twitter, uh, Twitter.com, TTT Radio Podcast, or uh, see us on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com. Uh, slash TTT radio podcast or email us today tomorrow technologies gmail.com or if you want to talk to us and ask a question uh, this is a great opportunity this is a disruptive technology it is being uh, tested and 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 supported by various optometry uh, doctors out there and uh, and of course I have Mr. Uh, Brad Chase and our number here is 866-472-5788 and uh, Brad, we have got three minutes before we go to next commercial break. Uh, based on your immune uh, uh, discovery, I guess symptoms discovery. Uh, um, what else can we do with the product?
2: Well, what we do- what, what has to be, what is being done. There's a whole new renaissance occurring in men- medicine called essentially restorative medicine, stem cell. For example, are being used putting people's knees so they can walk again and have have their knee repaired. What what has to happen with this lens is that we get a, a variety of different patients with different kinds of ailments, and then test them. Right now I'm preparing to do a research project with an orthopedic surgeon who does the stem cells into the knees. We're going to test some patients in the lens and some patients without the lens. We expect the patients with the lens to have their knees will respond to the treatment more dramatically and sooner than they would otherwise, which means they're going to be pain-free sooner. they are going to have quicker repairs sooner which then means we will apply that to, say, a person who has gallbladder surgery to see if there is a way in which we impact the, the healing uh, processes. We, I have done some work in, in drug and alcohol and opioid addiction. We know right. that by putting the patient in the lenses, their, their inclination to use is reduced,
1: period. Wow. Wow. Well, it seems like uh, a very productive uh, uh, discovery. It is definitely a disruptive technology. Uh, I see you working on a variety of these cases: uh, uh, the restore medicine, the ability to impact your immune system, uh, the ability to improve your just your eyesight uh, every day. We've got about a minute left. Uh, on before we go to our next commercial, I just want to say uh, to my audience, uh, if you need to reach out to Brad uh, Chase, how would they contact you, Brad? You have 30 seconds.
2: Well, I think initially through this show, okay, uh, we uh, that sounds eventually good. shut down.
1: Let, let me come back to that after the break. Okay. Uh, you, I can ladies answer and that. Absolutely, Brad. Uh, If you need to contact or know more about the new Chroma lenses, uh, please contact us on today's, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be right back after our second uh, commercial break. We're discussing disruptive technologies with Mr. Brad Chase.
0: You are listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show
1: Welcome back, folks. Uh, this is Jose Negron on uh, today, Tomorrow's Technologies, T3. Our discussion today is about disruptive technologies. Our guest today is Mr. Brad Chase, uh, innovator, experimenter, uh, just a man has done everything and his initial product that we're talking about is the neurochromatic lens and if you've heard us over the last 30 minutes or so uh, that is a product that uh, has improved vision, has improved uh, the dyslexia, has impacted your immune system to help uh, control your physiology and we have done a tremendous service by uh, bringing on Mr. Brad Chase. Uh, before the commercial, uh, we were talking about how can you reach uh, Mr. Chase. I'll turn that over to him right now. Brad, how can the folks reach you uh, or get a hold of you?
2: Well, First, I think that the, the best is to contact the show. The reason being is that when you have a new medical product, there are several several steps that you have to do before bringing that to the public. I already have full FDA licensing for the the product for doctors to prescribe the lenses for eighty four different diagnostic problems that are in in there's a book called the ICDs where these are regular recognized disease and ailments that doctors can treat. Uh, what has to happen is before we take it to the public is there are two steps. One is we have to have FDA clinical trials, and those have been contracted for with the University of Oregon, Pacific University College of Optometry, and oversight with Stanford University School of Medicine. Those That is in place. It takes approximately $500,000 to get that to move forward. We are in discussions with the Department of Defense looking for that money. Uh, the schools are donating their time, which is essentially millions of dollars. The next big step is to train and implement this technology to the doctors. We expect that both ophthalmologists and, and optometrists will be required by law in a number of years to have to test when they do a regular eye examination for these lenses and prescribe them. In doing that, we have to train 90,000 American doctors to respond produce 90,000 different trial lens kits produce 90,000 different pieces of equipment that they use in their office so there is some time and there is some delay uh some patients uh have seen some of our doctors and I'm going to give you on the air an email address where you can contact me we again we have suppressed the uh website uh, because it's important not to give patients false hope, assuming that they can go to their neighborhood shopping center and see their eye doctor and get this. It's not yet ready for that. My personal email address is bradchaseconsultant at yahoo.com. And I can be reached there, and we can direct people to certain doctors. We are hoping to launch sometime before March 1st the, the initial commercialization of these lenses. So again, every doctor in the United States that prescribes a lens can have access to this. And within a year, every doctor who does cataract surgery can have access to the new lens implant for surgery that does in fact boost the immune system. So those are the steps that have to be taken. And it's, you can be, they are just steps to protect you, the patient.
1: Perfect, Brad, and we'll use the, uh, you know, the show, the uh, to, uh, today, technologies at gmail.com. You can get a hold of us, and we'll pass the information to Brad as well. So, uh, I thank you for that opportunity. Let me uh, just go into some factoys real quick, because I like to uh, talk about those. Uh, as you know, uh, the, the Consumer Tech Show going on in Las Vegas, some of the uh, disruptive technology they're talking about, of course, are the Wi-Fi changes, that are happening, smart home security products, virtual reality products that I'm sure this uh, new Chroma vision will have a key play, H- HD video technology uh, as far as uh, the latency, and various other uh, smaller products. Uh, so it seems to uh, have been very worthwhile for those are attending. Uh, And, of course, if you want to catch uh, our show and the various podcasts, though, we did our first podcast on driverless car. You can go back to the uh, Voice America Variety Channel and look up Jose Negron uh, T3, and you will see the first podcast, and this one will be placed as a second one very shortly. Our our guest today is uh, Mr. Brad Chase. Our technology we're talking about, uh, from a disruptive perspective, is the uh, Neurochroma Lens. It's it's a lens that has been able to improve vision, uh, improve your immune system, and has other therapeutic effects. And uh, Mr. Brad Chase has been discussing all of those today. Brad, is there... Other memorable moments or tasks that you have done over the years that makes uh, this particular product a, a highlight in your your scientific career?
2: I think of one, one woman who, because we have a problem with homelessness and chemical addiction and petty crime in almost every city in America, uh, she was... Substance addicted to manage her pain. She started having migraines at age twelve. Seizures accompanying those in her twenties. She was living in a living in and out of a grocery cart in various parks around the area around where I live in Redding, California. We put this woman in a pair of lenses and stopped all her seizures and stopped all her migraines immediately when she got her pair of lenses she reunited with her husband and her first public speaking I was having a lecture with a bunch of doctors about twenty-some doctors she'd never spoke publicly before she never completed high school and I have her as this marvelous orator and as if she had taken gone to college speaking to all these doctors about what she had experienced no stage fright. I, this woman is working. This woman is off the street. she's reunited with her family. She is not on any opioid. She is not substance dependent. Uh, you know She's a productive component to our society. And the lenses literally gave her a miracle. Uh, and a college professor who, because of grand mal seizures, finally and when he had his, had his seizures, the pens weren't enough to contain what happened to his body, so he right. went out on disab- went out on disability. Put him in the lenses; he's back in the classroom. A lady who had a stroke, University of of uh, uh, Colorado, one, one of the universities in Colorado, put her in the lenses; she's back in the classroom. Uh, a number of head trauma type folks. Uh, I'm able to use his name. His name is Tony Lopez. He's the world weight champion times three, a boxer who had a retinal tear. His eye, eye had, was suppressed back into the socket and knocked low. Uh, he had early boxer syndrome that where he was having problems with comprehension. He had Parkinson-type movement. And within six months, Tony Lopez, I repositioned himself in his socket. He no longer had quadruple vision. He no longer had a blind spot in the retinal tear. He is. He works now in San Clemente, California, with underprivileged children, using sports as a way to reintegrate them off the streets and back into their families uh, by wearing a simple neurochromatic lens. He's one of my heroes.
1: Well, um, Brad, those are great stories, uh, and, and that's what I love about uh, this product, this new technology, this disruptive technology. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Mr. Brad Chase. We're talking about the Neurochromatic Lens. We're talking about how this disruptive technology just changes the landscape on how we do things. I'm not talking about uh, uh, disruptive innovation, uh, forming new markets, but I'm talking about changing the landscape. The Landscape, uh, of ophthalmology. The ability to be able to change your immune uh, your uh, uh, the syndrome uh, so that you can uh, defer uh, uh, hopefully diseases or reduce the medications you're taking. Uh, and that is critical. and It looks like these lenses are, are potential to solve some of those solutions. Our, our pharmaceutical costs are extraordinary and we need to keep a, a track of that. I've got about four more minutes to go Brad I'd like to give you two and I'll do two to wrap up Uh, what would you say as we draw to a close in these closing two minutes for you
2: what I'd like to say is that what surprised me because I come from a medical clinical background is that I thought the lenses were for people with specific problems, learning disabilities, migraine, seizures, nausea, vertigo, a whole bunch of list of things out there and I was shocked to find out that what we did is we, we tested every patient who came in to five different practices of optometry and put them in the lenses. 98% of those patients had significant improvement in their vision, they had no idea They tell you such things that, well, it was kind of like looking out there. It was like looking in a hazy day or there is a fog or the letters. I never knew you could see razor-sharp letters. I never knew print was that black. I never saw these colors before. So I have hundreds and hundreds of young people who are now in college that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt they wouldn't have got out of high school if they weren't wearing the lenses because they were considered slow learners. They were considered having attention deficits. They were considered the class clown. They were the young woman who tried so hard that she would have headaches every night and, and be nauseated every day. Or the little kid in second grade that says, my tummy hurts when I'm... And you find out that the tummy hurts when she's studying in the first primers in reading. And you just change their lives and you change the families. Um, and And, of course, the... For us adults the cost of going to hospitals and medications and the cost of the healthcare system will be significantly impacted by these lenses. Because minimally Perfect. we are changing the symptoms.
1: Well, that's perfect, Brad. I, I appreciate your time today, especially uh, describing a technology that's just around the cusp for everybody to use. I'm excited about the beta test that you talked about today. Remember, disruptive t- technology is about changing the landscape and changing the way we do business uh, from the ophthalmology perspective. and And it looks like it's got a lot of other uh, applications. That's something that you will continue doing your research. I'd like to thank you for being on. The program for our listeners out there if you need to contact uh, mr brad chase please email me at today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com today's program is called uh disruptive technologies and the reason i selected that is because some technologies are are always invented but they tend to fail or they are not accelerated. And that's really based on the public and the public determines what what that technology is gonna do. And the early adopters, those early adopters and so forth are critical to our discussions uh, and moving the technology. So I'd like to thank my listeners today. Uh, Next week's uh, discussion was going to be on smart home technologies. That is the latest craze. I am now currently living in a smart home. I don't know if I made the right decision or the wrong decision, but we'll find out next week. And I'm looking forward to our discussion uh, next week. As I said, you can find us on Today's Tomorrow's Technologies at gmail.com and i'd like to thank voice america on the variety channel we start at 9 a.m pacific central time and i'm looking forward to our future discussions this is your host jose nick i bid you farewell until next week
0: thank you for listening to today tomorrow's technologies We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.